Welcome to Lipstick Attitude, hosted by Dr. Elizabeth King, psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, author, and motivational speaker, specializing in trauma and women's mental health, and Yvonne Haas, psychotherapist and coach specializing in relationships, couples, and women's issues. This show is your dose of inspiration, information, and laughter. In each episode, Dr. King and Yvonne bring you hacks, tips, and inspiring stories to help you live a successful life. So ladies, grab your lipstick. It's time to do this. The Lipstick Attitude Podcast is powered by Suits, Stilettos, and Lipstick Foundation, a nonprofit movement to empower women and children from all walks of life to be resilient, self-confident, and purposeful leaders through education, mentorship, and community outreach. To learn more, visit sslwomen.org. Please note that this show is intended to empower and educate. It is not meant to be utilized as a substitute for individual therapy. Well, hello, everyone. Here we are again, the Lipstick Attitude, the podcast. Yvonne, are you so excited about this podcast? I still am pinching myself. I know. I think, no, you have no idea when my podcast app reloads and refreshes with all the latest ones. And there's our picture next to like the famous people that listen to. I'm like, holy cow, I am on my own app. Like this is the most (laughs) surreal and exciting thing ever for me. But, you know, I'm a podcast junkie, so it's my jam. I know. That is your jam. Absolutely. So now you get to hear us every single day. Even if you don't have enough podcasts, listen to it again, please. (laughs) We need a lot of listeners. (laughs) You do. I do. I listen to it every time it comes up. I'm like the first one on there. Well, I hope that everyone that's listening and watching has already subscribed to our podcast channel. We are on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. Podbean. And soon to be hopefully on more. I don't know. The sky's I don't even know bit. all the platforms. We still haven't even figured out how many there are, but we'll, well be on we all of them. We, we won't tell everybody. We're just learning all of this. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess I should introduce myself. I'm Dr. Elizabeth King, and... I'm Yvonne Haas. And we have a very special guest today. Oh my gosh, I'm so very excited. I know she's nice and quiet over there, but I know she has a lot to share. Our very good friend, our sister, sassy sister, uh, one of our very first honorary chairwomen. Um, Let's see, oh my gosh, the list goes on. And sassy to the, uh, the old get out. So here, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Ina Lee, who is the owner of Travel Host Magazine of Greater Fort Lauderdale. And Ina, you have been with us since uh, we launched this uh, crazy movement, empowerment movement back in 2012. And I cannot wait to share your story. I know we've shared it on our stages for the conferences. I know we shared it on uh, video, but now to have you here on our podcast is just an honor. So with no further ado, why don't you say hello to our listeners and viewers? Uh, I know Lee. Well, I am so excited to be with you, uh, Elizabeth and Yvonne. First of all, it's I haven't seen you in a very long time, right? No. And here we get to see each other this way, but um, this is the new world we're living in. We've become uh, Zoomies, you know? I don't know if that's a word that we're coining, but it's all about Zoom right now. And that's quite frankly how I've been running my business since March. And also 
you know, I'm probably on multiple calls a week on, uh, with Zoom in terms of my community-related um, accountabilities as well. So it's the new world we're living in. It is the new world, but thank God that we have this new world. Yvonne was just saying right before we went on the air, what would have happened if we did not have this technology, right? You know, I mean, so many people are talking about how lonely they are and how lonely they're feeling, you know, with all of this going on. But the reality is we have such an amazing opportunity to be able to connect and see each other. Granted, it's not the same, but if this had happened 30 years ago, I can't imagine some of the loneliness that people would be experiencing because you, you really can't connect the same way. The technology just wasn't there. Uh, I am letting you know I'm in my office uh, by myself at the moment because my staff is working remotely. So if you hear little dings and things, that's my computer, you know, Outlook saying, hey, you know, you got a message or something. So I apologize for that. No, but, no worries. Uh, we have the same thing going on. All of us. Yeah, all of us are working remotely. So anyone listening understands the, the struggle. The struggle is real. <laughs> no, there. I, I went to log on to a company, I don't remember what it was for, but there's a sign up on the website that says, please understand that our staff is working diligently from their home. Do not complain if you hear their dog barking or a child crying in the background. We're doing the best we can. Yeah, and I was like, awesome. thank you. That's yeah. awesome. Well, you know, in a way we are um, sharing our personal lives, even in a business sense, because you know, we're seeing people's bedrooms or whatever yes. they're doing their, yes. their their Zooms from or their kids or their dogs. And that's what I love about it, actually, because it shows us as we have a complete life. It's not just our work life. I've always felt that um, my work and my play are the same. And this kind of allows that. Now, I don't have kids running around at the moment and I'm in my office by myself. But um, I think that's one of the things this new thing has taught us is that there's very little differentiation between our work and our home life or whatever else we've got going on in our life because it's showing up on Zoom, right? It is showing <laughs> up on Zoom. And you know, you see all the uh, all the journalists, all the broadcasters, they're all in, the, they were in their pajamas the other day. I, uh, uh, one of the broadcasters from Channel 10, she was like, uh, she, uh, no, it was Good Morning America. She was in her jammies with her dog on her lap. She's like, I didn't feel like getting dressed this morning. Thank God she had really be cute, and she's very cute, uh, very cute uh, um, pajamas, and she would look amazing. So uh, this is the new world, and uh, I think that, you know, people need to understand that this is the new norm, and I think it's going to be around for a long time, if not forever. Uh, we're learning to get creative, and what I say, I know there are a lot of people struggling out there and we really want to make sure that we're connecting with people in all different platforms during this difficult time. Because I say social distancing does not mean social disconnection. And it's so important that people understand that through this podcast, through our Facebook Live, through uh, Zoom calls and happy hours, whatever it takes, just make sure that you're connecting with other human beings because we're made to do that. We're not really made to do this technology thing, but this is the best that we can do and we have to find creative ways to continue connecting with others. And I'm so happy to see you, Aina, uh, because we have not seen each other since this whole craziness began. But uh, I am actually going to be posting your bio because it's so 
profound and intense and, and so rich. And I want everybody to know about you, but I want them to hear from you. And we, have, we invited you to this podcast because the Lipstick Attitude really um, is a way for us to share women's stories, whatever the story is. Uh, and lipstick is our war paint, is what we wear to go out there and face the world. So it really symbolizes courage and bravery and, and all of the different um, life hacks that we uh, uh, figure out in our lives to, to continue and be successful. So um, today, um, we really are so honored to have you in this program because your story is so, it's just so inspiring and empowering. Um, so I don't know if the best way for us to start, I guess, for me to ask is the question is, how did you get uh, Travel Host started? And you know, what really gave you the impetus to, to get this amazing magazine, which by the way, at the end, I want uh, you to share with everyone how they can participate or be part of Travel Host because it's such a beautiful magazine. All right, so I'll take you back to the beginning, guys. Um, first of all, I'm 74 years old, so way back at the beginning was a while ago, right? But mind-boggling, by the way. Was, actually, my, everyone's got a story, okay? And everyone's got a their own challenges, their own life, their own triumphs. And this is just mine, okay? So um, I was actually born in West Hartford, Connecticut, right? The day my father came home from World War II. So that was that era. And my mother was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, my father, you know, got back from the war and he was in the tobacco business back then. And I had a really wonderful childhood. My sister and my brother and I, um, we were loved, we were taken care of. And, um, and that was why, you know, I did really well in school, but I knew from a very early age, I was not like everyone else in a way that I was always called to make a difference in some way. Even when I was a teenager, I remember being the head of the Sister City program in Hartford, Connecticut, and we had someone, uh, the mayor of Concepcion, Chile, stay in my home, and I was uh, the writer for the newspaper back then. But then I went away to school, and I met some a kid, well, boy, and I got married, and I ended up going to New York City, and this was back in uh, 1966, guys, so a long time ago. Many of you on this program weren't even born back then. <laughs> and, um, and I started, I was going to go back to college, but I started working at a small magazine and it opened up a door for me to become the youngest managing editor in the country at the age of 21 of a national magazine. The magazine was called Status. It was very similar to Town and Country back then. But back then in New York City, Magazines were in their heyday. They weren't even businesses. They, I worked with some of the greatest artists and art directors and writers and really was very blessed. But it was a 24-7 kind of job. I loved it. And I ended up going to uh, moving to California to work on a magazine. And um, it was very exciting back then too. But I was not feeling great. I remember all the tension was starting to get to me. I had little belly aches. But I was driving to the printing plant one morning to oversee um, our magazine on press. It was like very early in the morning and I had a car accident. It wasn't major, but it was a catalyst for me. I slapped up my chin. And I remember walking into the office three days later with a bandage on my chin and I resigned. It was a wake up call for me. And I, cause I'd always been like this type 
a personality. I guess I still am in some ways. But I realized there was something, it was a catalyst for my life. And you have to remember, this was back in the 60s, folks. And so I moved out to a Venice Beach and I became a hippie. And this, I was a flower child. My hair was all the way down my back and I got some great California pot. Happy, and I didn't have it. <laughs> Happy to admit it, but my life changed. And um, I even remember back, though, and I don't recommend it now particularly, but I did some psychedelics and it opened up a whole world for me that it wasn't just about me and my um, going to work every day. There was a, a connectivity of, of human beings and humanity. And so that started a journey for me, but I also met a man who later became my husband and he taught me how to meditate. And guess what? All my physical ailments went away. And I really, from that point on, um, and this is now almost 50 years later, meditation has become a real critical cornerstone in my life because it gave me the balance I was missing. And then long story short, I, we drove across country and uh, I ended up going back to New York City to work on a magazine that ended up not happening. And I moved out to Southampton, Long Island. We did, we were hippies again. And um, so again, back then, different time, my kids were born on food stamps. I had no money. And I know what it is to stand in a food stamp line. And I share that because women, no matter where you're at, never be ashamed of what you have to do. Never be ashamed. So I share that and, you know, I had a Volkswagen van and now, you know, I have a nice car, like life has changed, right? But we were hippies back then and eventually um, uh, moved down to, long story short, moved a lot of places in between, moved down to Florida. And I had two children. My um, child was, a uh, when we moved down here, it was four and seven. I moved down in a Volkswagen van with two cats, a dog, the husband at the time, and my kids. And pulled up to my sister's home and ended up living here. But my husband split soon after that. So I was a single mother needing to support two children. They were four and seven. And I re-entered the workforce. And I entered an ad as the editor of Travel Host of Miami. And um, I remember I vowed that I would bring the balance I learned during my hippie days, and I'm still a hippie at heart. And so I would never work weekends, and I would never work evenings, and I never have, other than in stuff I love doing. So I brought the balance I learned during my hippie days into my work environment. And pretty soon after that, in 1980, someone brought the franchise, because Travelos is national, it's been around for 52 years, and I brought, um, worked with someone who bought the franchise for Fort Lauderdale. So I moved up here and I started working for him and we started this wonderful journey of creating travel hosts back then. And then he wanted to sell it, so I bought it. So I've been the owner for many years. But back then, uh, I was the sole person. I did everything myself, the selling of advertising, the managing of all the financial stuff, like everything one needs to do to build a business. And it was exciting, but it was a challenge because I was the, you know, I eventually added um, some uh, staff, you know, ended up ending, bringing in on an assistant who was wonderful and a couple of salespeople. So for me, it grew and now we have nine people on staff. 
But I think the thing that made the biggest difference for me, besides building the business, which I love, you know, we have amazing clients and our magazine is tourist publication up and, you know, and now because of COVID, obviously it's challenged right now, but our job is when someone comes to town to let them know where to go and what to do because they want to be here enjoying themselves. And so we have great clients. Uh, I we work with great hoteliers, but very early on, I got involved in the community and I ended up, um, creating Winterfest. Now, the boat parade was already happening, but I saw the, I remember back in the 80s, Fort Lauderdale was the home of spring break. That's what everything was. Our whole economic engine was spring break back then. And, um, and then that changed because the community kind of got overrun by these kids, but it went through a very bleak time. Uh, a lot of the businesses on Fort Lauderdale Beach closed because they used to make all their money in six weeks. Well, that was killed because at the same time the city passed the open container law where you couldn't have an alcoholic beverage uh, east of the intercoastal they arrested kids arrested 900 kids and word got back to the college campuses very quickly fort lauderdale doesn't want us anymore and 150 million dollars worth of business was gone within two years with nothing to replace it so back then it was really challenged. I got very involved. Um, I got very involved in the redevelopment of Fort Lauderdale Beach. But that, back then I saw the opportunity to take the boat parade, which had been going on. A bunch of guys got together and strung up some lights and drank a lot of beer and created it <laughs> as, a, as a national festival. It's that beautiful really festival. the destination how, what better than a hundred yachts going up the intercoastal to change the image, Absolutely. right? And back then, Channel 7 was an NBC affiliate. Um, we brought Willard Scott in from the Today Show. He did the weather on Fort Lauderdale Beach three years in a row. And that really launched the new Fort Lauderdale. And from then, I, you know, I, you know, many other community involvements and stuff, which I love, particularly anything dealing with the redevelopment of Fort Lauderdale Beach and now tourism. So that's it in a nutshell. I mean, that's a, like, I don't know, 40 years and three minutes. It sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a movie. It sounds like it went like this. And by the way, travel has put my kids, they took care of us, you know, from food stamps. My kids, you know, both went to school and my son here is now a doctor. My older son lives in Reno with my granddaughter. I have a 15-year-old granddaughter who lives in Reno, who I adore, Jaden, and my grandson, uh, Jasper, who lives here. He's five. It's my pride and joy. And um, so my kids grew up. They're now in their 40s, but that's the way it was back then. But I know what it takes for a woman to balance it all. And back then, women were not very much in business. I have to remember the times. It was, I was, um, there weren't a lot of business owners around, right? And so I had to deal with all of that, like what it takes to be a woman in a, Primarily, and by the way, there's a still a you know good old boys club around. Let's not forget that. But you know, women have really made huge progress, right? And I fight for that all the time. I am um, not shy, so I'm not afraid to say it the way it is. And that sometimes bothers me, right? It's like no, but I just speak my what I think is my truth. So that's a very long, how I got started with Travel Host. Travel Host is now um, 
Um, you know, I love it. Look, Travelist is my baby, you know, since for 40 years. And now, you know, we're fully digital. We have, um, besides our printed publication, we have social media, like that whole new world, right? Like the world of Zoom. So that's that piece of it, folks. Thank you. I have a question for you, Ina. So when you were taking off and doing this with the magazines and then building a business, did you, did you know how to build a business? Because I think a, a lot of what stops women um, is fear. Like I'm going to get there and this is something I want to do, but I'm terrified to do it. And then I'm terrified that other people are going to find out I don't know what I'm doing. Right. right. So did, did you know? And if you didn't know, like, how did you no overcome I was, that? I was a magazine editor, folks. So I knew how to do that thing. But I never sold an ad in my life until I started with Travel Host. And that whole business model of going out and selling advertising, that's, by the way, that's our only revenue source. And I didn't know very much about accounting or like that whole world. So, but I got great people around me who did. And I think that's one of the things for women is don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to um, get what you need. I know what I know, but there's a lot I don't know. But the people that I have on staff or the people I go to in my community, they know. You know, they're the experts. I have a finance manager. You know, I, you know, I can balance my checkbook. That's about it. Right, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's, that, you know, algebra was not my strong suit in, in school, guys. And I never even got a college degree. You know, when I left college, it was in the middle of my junior year to get married. I never went back. It never stopped me. So I didn't, now, by the way, I think we're always, there's fray, there's fear. But the difference is, do you let your fear stop you? Okay. Now, back then, and I shared very, uh, besides meditation, which was a very important cornerstone of my life and still is, I still meditate pretty much every day, and I teach a free meditation class I have for years. I did a program called the Landmark Forum. It's a three-day transformational program. I did it back in the 80s, and it really has you look at how are we designed as human beings, and one of the things about human beings is we're designed to survive. We came out of the reptilian model, right? Uh, all survival, which by the way, we are reactivated with right now. You know, the world we're living in, it mm -hmm. takes a lot to manage the fear. It's, oh, you know, you turn on the news, guys, you get reactivated. So, uh, and we don't want to make that wrong. We have to own our humanity. But the difference is, do you let it stop you? So one of the things for me I saw early on when I did the forum is I always wanted to be known as successful. So I didn't do anything that I thought I could fail at. Well, who made that up? It's just some simple guys, right? You know? <laughs> so after I saw that conversation, which was a very early conversation in my life from when I was a little kid, right? I said, well, I had a choice in the matter. So I remember right after that, I was, you know, chairing Winterfest. I went to the county commission and I asked them for half a million dollars to bring the Bob Hub Christmas special here. Now, was I afraid? Yes. But I was standing for something. I was standing for something in the face of my fear. So I think that as all people, not just women, we are going to be afraid in life. If we're not, if we are not afraid, we're not playing big enough. If we always do what's safe, we're not playing big enough. 
failure, and again, I think from an early age, failure was something we were taught to avoid. Don't want to get a bad mark in school, right? So we always uh, were out, I think we're out to prove ourselves or whatever our own version is of that, right? But so now um, I don't, I may have fear about different things, right? But I know the only thing that makes a difference is taking action. So if you want results in life, what actions are appropriate to take? And that action doesn't work, take another action. Also get great coaches around you, you know, people that support you and your vision. When I did the forum and I said that I was going to stand for the redevelopment of Fort Lauderdale Beach, and back then it was, um, you know, little mom and pop places, right? I had no credentials, but I stood for my vision. And then I got people enrolled in my vision. And now look what the beach has become. They even have a star for me on Fort Lauderdale Beach called I'm a tourism icon. So people get to walk all over me every day and I don't mind. Right? <laughs> Um, but, but that's, but it was because I stood for something. So all of us have something, well, hopefully have something that turns you on. Because Which is actually a, a this is actually a good uh, segue for the question that I have for you. Cause I want, I want our listeners and viewers to really hone in on this. What propels you? What's your why? What makes you be so strong and headstrong to keep going forward? What, what, what is it? What's your secret sauce, Saina? My purpose in life is very simple. It's to make a difference. However, that looks with whatever I'm doing, whether it's teaching a meditation class, whether it's talking to you right now, whether it's making a difference for a client or what I do in the community right now, particularly with um, what we're all dealing with. Tourism is the hardest hit um, um, area in the air because of COVID, you know, Thousands and thousands of people have lost their jobs. It's really heartbreaking, right? So, but um, I think that it really is important to stand for something. And for me, it's my life is given to make a difference in life, however that looks. And it's changes for me ongoingly. So if I'm with somebody and that person is having whatever they're dealing with, how can I make a difference and serve that person? So that's my why. You know, if I'm with my grandchild, you know, that makes a difference. And so I, I, I guess, go ahead, Ivana. I have so many questions for her. I'm I know, like, right? <laughs> like we're, we're diving in. Because, well, first of all, because I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. And second, I love your, your story and, and the message that you have. I have to share with everyone. So you have this like amazing sense of balance. Well, it's amazing to me because I'm still half off kilter. But one time we were in your office and you said um, something like, oh no, my staff is done at five, like boom, five o'clock. And I said, well, what about your deadlines and your projects and all of that? And you said, oh no, they'll come back tomorrow and we'll work on it. At five o'clock, their job is done. I don't want them answering emails. I don't want this, they, your life has to have balance. And my first thought was panic for your company. Like I was like, oh my God, how are you doing that? Right? But it, it this this sense of balance that that you have, I, I think that so many of us, male or female, I don't even think it matters, although I think honestly women suffer with a lack of balance a little bit more. Is 
it, to me is amazing. Like, so how did you in, learn to incorporate that in while you're like tucking fear in your back pocket, you know, bringing Willard Scott here, doing all of this crazy doing nothing, community like, work up the wazoo. Community work, grandchildren, and then you're like, oh, let me go meditate. I, I am jealous of you. And we want the secret, please. And we want well, the secret. So um, I, from, you know, by the way, this was not something um, that in my early years, I was 180 degrees. This way, listen, I was a magazine editor and then became a hippie. That's not, a, that's like going from one extreme to the other guys, right? So yeah. I, you know, from one male relationship to another male relationship. It was like, so it wasn't like I had balance, folks. But one of the things, again, I think this comes with, I think maybe the age or something, my age. And I own my age. That's why, hey, I'm 74. This is what 74 looks like. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm proud to say that. But for me, I think balance, taking care of my body, taking care of my soul, you know, that's what meditation does for me, my family, my relationships, my business, my community. It's like all of those balls in the air, rather than trying to frenetically balance the balls, I dance with them. And I think there's this great quote from the Zen master, I used it at the beginning, that he says, I don't see any difference between my work and my play. He's doing both. So it's not like, well, I'm gonna stop working now and go play, right? Now, for my staff, and I learned this from them, there are some of them are millennials. They have more, learn more about balance than we have in our little finger, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're done at five. And I, you know what? We get the job done. We really do. And they are loyal. My, my sisters work with me for 34 years. My um, uh, managing editor has been with me for 25 years. Carol, my finance manager for, you know, 17 years. I mean, we have been together a long time. And it's like a family. Now, it's a little challenging right now. Our family's all on Zoom together. But you know what? It works great. So we've adapted. But balance, whatever that looks like for you. And I think one of the things for women is we don't take care of ourselves. I really take care of myself. I, again, a little change right now, but I have a massage. I have a facial, get my nails done. I walk, now it's beautiful now. I walk on the beach at sunrise and jump in the ocean. I need that time for me my time of meditation that um because most of my life frankly uh, is been out in the world but meditation brings me within it's that that place within that allows me to get centered and then it gives me the energy to be able to go back out again you know it's that balance it's that yin that yang together so i think for women men too take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to nurture others? That's, that's awesome. That's such a, a good message for women, especially. Um, I, I want to end with a, a thousand questions, but the last question that we have for you is, uh, what do you want your legacy to be, Ina? Well, I want my legacy to be that she made a difference. Really, but I think you again, have, by the way, what? And yeah. you have. I, I have to say that right now. I, I there's no doubt. Uh, I don't think Yvonne, do you have a doubt? 
no, no, absolutely. I, and and I bump into people all the time who who have met you and and know you or even have honors with you, and they're that woman right there. I don't know what it is. She is just she's amazing. And I tell everyone that that my my favorite thing about you, Ina, and and I'm growing in this and learning it myself is to speak without disclaimer. Like there's never a disclaimer. It's like bam, that's what I mean, because that's what I, and I'm like, man, makes you sit up a little bit taller. And just some tips, integrity. And what I mean by integrity is not morality, good, bad, right, or wrong, but it's about workability. Do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. And if you're not going to, clean it up. That's what creates workability in life. Also, we get into all this drama all this meaning in life and i think the one of the valuable things from landmark there's reality folks reality is reality just like you know this pen is reality so but we have all our stories about reality that's what creates our suffering that's what creates our suffering so the more you can be in the world of what's so and then what's next it will give you power because anything else quite frankly comes from your past you taught me that and I use it all the time, yeah. all the time for my personal and for my professional life. I, I absolutely use that. Yeah. Um, so your legacy about making a difference, it's done. Um, it's absolutely done. You continue to make uh, a difference every single day. The day that you said yes to us for being our first chairwoman when we didn't even know what the heck we were doing when we started this movement, and you said yes, because you believed in, in what we had to say. In fact, I, I'd like to ask you maybe a bonus question. Why did you say yes to two strangers in 2012? You weren't a stranger to me, Elizabeth. Uh, obviously, I knew you through John. But when you shared your story, how could I ever say no to you? Thank you. Thank you so um, much. Because I think all of us are here to support each other in whatever way we do. And I want to say one other thing, folks, because right now you said the thing a lot about loneliness. One of the things that COVID taught me, I don't know how much more time we have left, guys. But uh, just two minutes. Okay. Um, I was in, in uh, Reno because uh, my son had two back-to-back -back surgeries in February. So I was stranded out there for taking care of him, but also because of COVID. But I, especially when he was in the hospital and dealing with all of that stuff, I had a lot of alone time. I'm really good being alone. And it was a very nurturing time for me. So I think one of the things that this world has also opened up for us is don't be afraid to be by yourself. And because we, it, it gives you the time to explore who are you? What is your life for? What is your soul learning, yearning for? Yeah, great question. Whatever that is, do what you love. Great, great questions. Um, and what is your why? You know, I, I think if you go back to what is your why and what do you want your legacy to be, I think that will propel you to continue on this journey no matter what monkey wrenches get thrown your, your way. You know, that's really... change. You know, it's the, the, the horizon is always moving more east, folks, right? Yeah. So don't be afraid to change. I love it. 
Thank you so much, Aina, for honoring us with your presence, with your story, your inspiration, your empowerment, and all of the support you, that you give us all the time. We absolutely adore you. Um, would you do the honors and get your lipstick and let's do it together? Ladies, I this is our work page. By the way, I found a wonderful Maybelline Superstay for wearing a mask. Amazing. It does not come off. <laughs> I, I'm not getting paid for, by Maybelline, by the way, but I just wanted to but give we'll you a little tip. We'll take a tip. payment if you'd like to send one, Maybelline. Yeah. We'll happy to it, accept. Exactly. Make it to Suits, Stilettos, and Lipstick. Thank you, everyone. Continue to wear your lipstick attitude. Continue forging forward, and we will see you on our next episode of the Lipstick Love Attitude. You. Love you. Bye, everyone. Bye.